You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey everyone, Mike here. We're going to do something a little different this week. Joe jumped on the Grit and Barrett podcast hosted by Richard Blosser uh, to talk about the Flyers' pretty disappointing season. So we're going to bring that to you here, and we hope you enjoy. Our next guest on is a team that it's a little farther down, but just because of scheduling, I could bring him on. And this is a team I'm going to have fun talking about because a lot of people thought they would be better when the season started. This team was founded in 1967. They have two Stanley Cups to their name in 1974 and 1975, and they are more than happy to tell you that. They have eight Stanley Cup finals appearances. Wait, checks, notes. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Eight. They have such names in the rafters as Bernie Puron, Mark Howe, Bill Barber, Gore, uh, Gore, wrong Howe, uh, Bobby Clark, and Eric Lindros, to name a few. I am talking about none other than the cross-state rivals to my beloved team, the Philadelphia Flyers. And joining me from the Three Pigeons podcast, who covers all things Flyers, joined by Mark. Mark, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. We're, uh, me, uh, Matt, and Mike are, are happy to, uh, to to assist you here. All right, so let's just jump jump right into it. Jump right into it here. Um, I will ask you the same thing that's happened with every other team we've brought on. What happened, as the kids like to say, a team that had very high aspirations heading into the season just uh, went nowhere? Yeah, um, pretty much everybody and their mother picked the Flyers to uh, to be a you know probably an Eastern Conference Final you know likely team, and it just didn't feel right from the start. Um, I, I think I could speak for that. And like when I said that even early on, early on, they the team was winning. They were finding ways to win, and good teams do that. They find ways to win. Whether it's a pretty win or an ugly win, it doesn't matter. As long as you get the W, you keep going. Um, but just early on, tell the team was struggling mightily in their own zone. Um, the goalies, ironically, at the beginning of the year, were really bailing out the team. Uh, Brian Elliott and Carter Hart were actually pretty solid to start the year. Um, but eventually, just the amount of defensive breakdowns, having to rely too much on a young goaltender, Brian Elliott um, is a very good backup when you use him in a limited role, but him having to be called on more than he, he normally does uh, um, tends to lend to poor play. Um, but overall, the, the the two main things are defensively how bad the team was, and also uh, Chuck Fletcher took a gamble and he bet you know a, a lot of his uh, a lot of his money on the the young kids really taking steps forward this year and and kind of continuing to grow. Uh, and a lot of them didn't either they stagnated or some of them actually 
kind of regressed, to be honest. So a little concerning, um, but definitely not the year the Flyers wanted or the year a lot of people thought they were going to have. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they deserve to be right where they're at. Uh, they, they did not play, I would say, other than um, March. They, I mean, they were from March to, to April, they were catastrophic. So it's tough. But, you know, we, we still got a, a strong offseason head. Probably um, we joke on our podcast, but the busiest offseason since um, the big move, sending, you know, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, sending them out of town and bringing in, you know, Ilya Brzgalov, Wayne Simmons, Braden Shen. Uh, it's going to be a, a huge offseason. So we'll see what Chuck Fletcher's got in store. He's got plenty of ammo. Uh, this team, for all its faults, is very deep um, in the prospect pool. We can touch on a little bit on that. And, you know, they got a lot of picks too. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, unlike a lot of teams that I've I've talked about so far, your season went very wrong very quickly, and um, much like with with the Devils, um, the Flyers had, if I'm correct, you had uh, a bit of a bout with uh, with Corona Chan as well. Um, that do- that doesn't help establishing a, a chemistry throughout the season when you're when you play like three or four games and then you have to stop for ten days because a positive was popped somewhere as well. But, um, but, um, you're right. The prospect pool is really good and we will eventually get to that, get to that with them. Um, you know, you said about a young goaltender, um, and I'm sure this has probably come up in a lot of Philly sports circles as a bit of a bonus question. Is it fair to put this on Carter Hart or more the defense that was in front of him or the team in front of him? Well, I, I think, um, like I said, at the beginning of the year, uh, the goalies weren't fantastic, but they, they were doing everything possible to keep the team alive. Um, I put most of this year on, on the defense and just team defense as a whole. What we saw were a lot of forwards just kind of flying the zone when for whatever reason, the D-men just couldn't move the puck out of their own zone. Uh, there's been a lot on the loss of Matt Niskanen and obviously kind of a shock with him retiring. Um, I, if you had told me, though, at the beginning of the season, oh, because you lost Matt Niskanen, you know, everybody's going to forget how to play defense. I would have laughed at you, but that's <laughs> kind of what happened. Um, Ivan Provorov, um, he, he has had some reasons. He's had some kind of strange seasons where things haven't gone his way. He struggled this year. Um, you know, Justin Braun, a, a grizzled veteran, has been on a lot of on those uh, really good San Jose Sharks teams for, for yep. years. Yep. Um, he struggled really early, um, but he actually finished as one of the Flyers' better defensemen at the end of the year, ironically. Um, Phil Myers, who that's one of the young guys that Chuck Fletcher, you know, bet a lot of money on that he was going to take steps forward. Um, he had a really strong uh, – end of the season last year not so much postseason uh he's got every he's a freak athletically he's got every kind of trait you'd want but he he regressed mightily um so i, I put a lot of the season more on the team in a whole not just the goaltenders mm-hmm. um if the goalies had been bad from the start that would have been one thing but early, the first 20 games or so um the goalies were were okay uh they were stopping you know a lot of the shots that they should and and bailing the team out and eventually i don't i don't care who your goal is if you continue to ask them to stay on their head every single night eventually they're just going to run out of steam 
And yeah. that's what happened. And then they got hit by COVID, like you mentioned. Um, they actually started the rally right before um, they got hit by COVID. They had beaten Washington something like seven to – yeah. Four. It was a very high-scoring yeah. game. I remember that. Yeah. Right after that. Yeah. And they were that that game. The goaltending was on both sides was not great, but um, the team was really clicking. You could see shades of, of the year before in terms of the passing and just the, the chemistry was really great. And then they got rocked by COVID. And they're out, you know, two weeks. Yeah. And after that, they were really never the same. Right. So let's move on to what I like to call Cthulhu comes a calling. So. Okay. Who do you think is going to be left out on the uh, on the corner or the front porch when Seattle comes on by? Who do you think gets gets uh, left exposed and protected? That's that's a good question. That's something we've been kind of tossing around on, on our podcast. Obviously, um, the Flyers' biggest offseason need is a nothing defenseman. Um, now the team is pretty cash strapped they've got a lot of money invested in a lot of different guys um not to mention you've got sean couturier and claude drew coming up on expiring contracts after next year um so you, you've got to project out and what are those going to look like uh if you ask most fans i would think they would tell you they'd be happy to see uh either jake voracek claimed or um james van reemstyke um Obviously, both of them have a cap hit north of seven mil, so it'll go a long way in terms of being able to acquire, you know, a number one defenseman either by trade or by signing somebody like a Dougie Hamilton. Um, but I, I would think one of one or if not both will will be exposed to Seattle. Um, if I was Seattle, I would definitely I would take one of them uh, if if they are there. Um, I understand the cap hits are, are a little on the high side, but. Um, you know, Jake Voracek is still an amazing playmaker. He doesn't doesn't score a ton of goals, but um, he, he normally cracks 40 assists a year, usually sometimes more, 50, 60 assists. Um, so he actually, I mean, there was like a four-way tie for points on the Flyers this year. Um, but Jake is, is a great player. He's just not going to score a ton of goals. He's going to assist on a hell of a lot. And James Van Reems, like he, um, like a lot of goal scorers, most goal scorers, is very streaky, um, but he terrific in front of the net he can really help out with the power play um and with a young team you know both of them have been around long enough i think they'd be very good in the locker room jake is a very no-nonsense guy um he i don't know if you saw his uh his jab at mike sealski at the beginning of the year but that was something that was uh was really funny um he just does not play around so um he could be a character for them um in, in the locker room in seattle i think they, they definitely like his originality uh, but yeah, I would think Jake or, or JVR most likely, but who Flyers want to be claimed, who Seattle might take it like kind of a, a, a one-off would be someone like a Justin Braun because he has one year left. He's a good defenseman. He can still, you know, he can help out on the PK and it's just a one-year investment. After that, he's off your books and you can keep going. So we'll see. Shane Goss is very, you can put his name out there too, um, even though. He was one of the Flyers' better defensemen this year. Again, yeah, a little surprising. In turn, I like the names Voracek and JVR being out there um, for the reasons that you just said, especially Voracek, who's an assist machine. Any guy who can get you 20, 30, or like you said, 40 assists a season, any team will sign that up. JVR, when he's right, he can get you a 20 and 20 um, yeah. when he really wants to. So um, I, I could see... 
I could definitely see Seattle taking one of those as a cornerstone guy to build around. Um, but I know the uh, the Philly media would not like either of those guys going for obvious reasons because of how long they've been around, been around for nearly the better part of a decade. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting when the Flyers' names come up on that board in well in a couple weeks. Yeah, not far off now. No, 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 no. In fact, uh, by the time this drops next week, actually, where does the time go? Anyway. So now with that, we're going to turn our attention to the draft. And you said Philadelphia has a lot of picks. And if I and if the game over numbers are what um, the draft goes by, you guys are seventh. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of new rules with this. I've talked about it with other teams. I don't know like what's the best or worst you could do. Um, but since Philly does have a decent amount of picks, let's say you guys do wind up in that five, six, or seven. Since this is a weak draft... Could you see you guys trading out of the top 10 to get more picks, or is there anybody the Flyers are really looking at? No, I, I think, and, and again, I'm speaking for Matt and Mike, but I think the three of us would really love to see them make some trades, um, not for picks, though, for players. Uh, the, the time for stockpiling picks is, has come and gone. Um, this is this is the time when you take that first round pick if it's a you know if hell if it could end up being a top five pick or or something like that that'd be absolutely insane. I know I saw the NHL actually tweeted out the uh, the playoff lot odds. I think the Flyers have a like a one point eight percent chance something like that of getting the number one pick, uh, which I mean that was kind of what happened with Nolan Patrick all those years ago. Yeah, um, you know it was a shock. No one saw that coming. Um, you know, the odds of it happening, though, extremely, extremely low. I would look for Chuck Fletcher to, to package you know, that first overall pick, um, whatever it's going to be this year, with either a, a current roster player, um, someone on, on the farm team, uh, like maybe like a Morgan Frost, something like that. Frosty. Um, yeah, he's uh, – he, we'll see. I mean, there, there's some rumblings. Even Nolan Patrick might not be super happy. He might want a fresh start, but – uh, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm taking you know that first round pick and and packaging it together for uh, for a deal because whoever the Flyers take at that one you know at that first pick, the chances of them making the team uh, they're not going to be able to help right away. And this team, with all its faults, is still built to go in right now and, and try and win a Stanley Cup. It's not built for three four years from now. It's built for this is the window. So. Right. I'm hoping they're going to trade it. Um, so we'll see. And like you mentioned, draft isn't uh, nearly as strong as it was um, the year before. I know when we were talking in the proverbial green room before we came on, you said the Flyers have a good amount of draft picks. And pulling this up on a cap friendly, ding, um, you guys have, if my math is correct, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the draft in this year's draft, which is which is pretty freaking good. Um, you traded your your initial fifth, but got Vegas's fifth in return. So um, you know, hey, that that's better than at least my two teams who are constantly trading draft picks like they're playing cards. So it's refreshing to see an organization, you know, hold on to your first and second round draft picks. What's such a novel concept? Yeah, well, you got to remember the Flyers weren't always like that when uh, Homer was running the team. He he did the same thing. Those, yep. Those, uh, you know, getting Andrew McDonald, going, getting out like, uh, uh, oh my God, I think Pavel Kubina, just, just, you know, and uh, Vinny LaCalvey, they got in free agency, but just going out and getting people past their prime for a first and second round pick. So 
we've, I feel like every team's done that. But, um, yeah, I mean, seven picks this year, you know, it's it's time to, to package some of them and, and, and move some around and get some, some roster players. Um, I, I don't know if you read The Athletic at all, but uh, Charlie O'Connor is a really terrific writer. Um, he covers the Flyers for The Athletic, and he actually did a, a huge – um, fan survey over, I want to say it was like 2,000 some responses he got um, from readers in the Philadelphia area, or just people who follow the Flyers, and most of them want some kind of, of heavy duty change, um, either either losing a JVR or, or a Jake to expansion, or making some kind of big trade, and I think that you know the picks could definitely p- uh, play a big part in that. Hmm. Very interesting times down there in South Philadelphia. So. Let us take a look into October as and so give give us a reason as to why Flyers fans should be optimistic heading into next October. Well, I would say this. Uh, um, I, w- I would ask them what what is more likely is the team actually this bad. Or, or is is Travis Konechny actually as bad as he played? Is Kevin Hayes, you know, the year before he had, had an unbelievable year, um, tons of, he had shorthanded goals, game-winning goals, you name it. He was all over the place. You know, is he as bad as as, la- as this past year? Carter Hart, you know, was terrific the year before and in the playoffs for the most part. He had two shutouts in that Montreal Canadian series. Do you think he's going to be really as bad as he was this year? And I think most fans would say no. Um this year was was very disappointing. Um, you know, a lot of it can be blamed on COVID, but I think a lot of it also has to be, you know, the feet of the of the team and the coaches and and the GM for sure. Chuck Fletcher's got to take a lot of heat for this too. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he he made a bet on this team that they were going to be a lot better than they were, and the young players were going to be able to take a step in a, a very difficult year, um, and they just didn't didn't follow through. So I would tell fans, listen, this was an anomaly year. You know, the team's going to come back. There's going to be some changes made in the offseason. This team will not look the same. So this will be a different Flyers team come October um, in, in some way, shape, or form. I just, for the life of me, cannot see, you know, Comcast as, as being the, the owner now. Um, you know, big daddy corporate money. There's no way they're going to let this team run it back like they were because uh, you're just not going to get butts and seats. And that's what's needed at the end of the day. So, it's going to be fun again. I can promise you that. Some way, some way, somehow. Yeah, those big couple million renovations aren't going to pay for themselves. And I, no, and, they're not. That that big uh, video board was, you know, that's a couple hundred mil each right there. They it shoots fire now. It's unbelievable. So I've heard. And the whole big welcome to Comcast country out there in the skyboxes wasn't a dead giveaway as well. Uh, we're also. Well, we're, we're doing well time-wise, so I'm going to throw a, uh, as OS Dub likes to say, a bonus Brucey question your way. I'm going to throw a bonus question your way. This is, folks, this is City Your Pants Broadcasting at its finest. Does Cam York get an extended look next season? 100%. Um, I, I, he, he got a couple games, obviously, at the end of the year here. Um, What's stood out to me and I think to a lot of Flyers fans uh, was how just steady and calm he was. Um, he, he didn't make any flashy plays. I mean, he didn't jump off your screen, but you know, when he did have the puck on his stick, he was very poised, um, very calm. And for, for such a young man to, to have that command already is really exciting to see. Um, he, he does a couple things really well. He, 
he knows when to pinch. His pitches along the boards are great. And for a young player, that's sometimes you get into trouble. Um, but he, he's been terrific at that. He's really great at keeping the puck in the zone, um, you know, just playing it on the line there. doesn't fumble it at all. Just overall very calm. Um, what I think and, and what Matt and Mike, my, my other co-hosts, definitely think, he will, you know, get a long, a real long look at camp. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he starts in Lehigh, um, gets, you know, maybe 10 games or so. And then, you know, if he looks good, if he looks as good as he did, you know, at the end of the year here, I think he makes it up to the big club pretty quickly. Um, with After about 10 games, 15 games in Lehigh, I could 100% see him um, starting on the, on the back end for the Flyers. I can I can relate to this um, because of um, I'm seeing the same things with uh, Connor McMichael and Hershey slash Washington and from what, the way you described it I could see the exact same thing playing out and I'm saying that between between those two you have the international rivalry going back to uh, World Juniors earlier in the year um, so you know I've I saw him um, in Le- in Lehigh against Hershey and the and the boy is talented. So, you know, I think they, I, and I agree, I think the Flyers will definitely be interested to see how he develops and not just if, but a question of when he will make his South Philadelphia uh, debut. So let's turn to the other end of the spectrum. Ha ha spectrum. And we, and we will ask reasons to be depressed heading into October. Okay. Reasons to be depressed as a Flyers fans going into October. Um, one that right off the top of the head, um, it's possible Ivan Provorov is not a number one defenseman. Um, you know, he, he's had some really terrific years. Um, he's also had some some really not great ones. Um, two years ago, he, he really struggled. Um, last year, he he, re, he rebounded. He was doing okay. And then this year... Um, he struggled mightily and you know the hallmark of a good number one defenseman is it you know it shouldn't really matter too much who your partner is you're going to be the one carrying you know the load and what we saw with Provorov is you know when he was paired with Matt Niskanen they were terrific together um but, but it seems like he might not be able to just to be the absolute number one guy maybe he's like the one B maybe he's a, you know, just a terrific number two. Um, but it's possible he's not the number one defenseman we thought we had, which is, you know, very dis- disappointing and, and depressing. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So that, that's definitely a, a reason to be a little concerned about and a little, uh, disheveled about for sure. And also, um, Chuck Fletcher, little, little chance, he, you know, he might not be the guy for this job. Um, in order to, to build a, a true contender, he had some good years in Minnesota, but those teams were never really able to, you know, to, to get over the hump. Um, you know, they, they kind of fizzled out in the end and hell, they're a lot of fun to watch now with, uh, with Bill Guerin over there at GM and, you know, Kirill Kaprizov and, and a lot of fun they're guys. But savior. Yeah. He's, he's a terrific player. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always a chance that, you know, Chuck might not be the GM for, uh, for for building a Stanley Cup winner, we'll see. This is a a huge. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's hyperbolic to say if Chuck Fletcher doesn't nail this off season, that if, if the team follows up last, you know, next year with with a really poor effort, um, I 
100% see Chuck Fletcher and Aline Vigneault both uh, being out the door. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, Comcast does own this team, like we just mentioned. They they need <laughs> they need that revenue, and it's not cheap to go to Flyers games in South Philadelphia. It's quite expensive. Hmm. If you're going to be asking fans to pay that, uh, they're going to want to see a winning product. So we'll see. Those are my two uh, probably most disappointing or uh, or depressing thoughts. You know, <laughs> Proby might not be number one, and Chuck might not be the the GM for this team. Especially with the way the team was in the bubble hockey tournament. It, it really raised expectations for this team. And, you know, some idiot on fan side had really had them at number one in way too soon power rankings and thought they were the next contender. Oh, wait, I wrote that article. <laughs> yeah, top, yeah. So, you know, the, the, the expectations for this team is really high, but there's good reason to. Carter Hart, the backstop of the of the future. They thought they had a solid defense and a good forward core, and like you said, this season just went horribly the other way. And soon, and soon, people are going to want answers. Some very high paying people are going to want answers, as you said. And Chuck Fletcher's seat might be getting a little hot, but that's next season. And for this season, we say to the Philadelphia Flyers, Game over. Always love playing that soundbite. So, that'll do it. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And before we get you out the door, I will give you a minute to, um, you know, pimp or promote your podcast or whatever project you and your boys are working on. So, the floor is thine. Thank you, Rich. I I appreciate it. Yeah, if uh, there's any Flyers fans out there, you know, Feel free to, uh, to listen to our, our podcast. Um, we're three uh, podcast, mainly Flyers. We'll, every now and again in the off season, we'll, we'll do some around the league stuff. Um, we touch on, you know, especially this year with, with how crazy it was, and you know, places like Columbus and stuff like that. But mainly Flyers talk. Um, this is the biggest off season this team has had in probably ten years. Um, so tune in. We'll, we'll have uh, a, a lot of fun roundtable discussions. We'll be doing stuff like this with Rich and, and other podcasts and, and reach, reaching out and, and just collaborating and, and getting different voices and different opinions. Um, but for all your Philadelphia Flyers needs, Three Pigeons Podcast. Come one, come all. We, we'd love to have you. And I can I can validate as well. Uh, these guys, you know, they, they were right there in front of this runaway Flyers train throughout the entire season. Uh, great banter. You guys stay on top of all Flyers games, good, bad, and ugly. So, um, yeah. So check them out wherever you get your podcast. Three Pigeons uh, podcast. Now, now again, a, a bonus question: How'd you come up with the name Three Pigeons? What? How'd that come to be? Yeah. So, so yeah, we uh, we came up with it. obviously you know it being three of us, uh, uh, me, Matt, and Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pigeons, um, you know, obviously. Obviously, uh, getting called a pigeon on the ice, um, you're not a very good player. And it ties in because JVR, um, there's a very famous clip. And if you guys listen to our podcast at the at the beginning of every podcast, um, it was when JVR actually got traded to Toronto. Uh, Claude Giroux skates by him and he calls him an, an effing pigeon. And then he does the <laughs> pigeon noise uh, like, like that. So uh, we thought it was funny. With, with JVR coming back and everything. Like, all right, how about we go three pigeons? So um, it's a nice little tie in there. It's a very inside Flyers joke. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how we came up with the name. 
spectacular. I, I love little stuff like that when podcasters um, go off the beaten path and have a reason for calling their podcast a certain thing. And, um, you know, we do have another one on here, uh, Getting Bullied. But obviously, Broad Street Bullies, the heyday of the 75, 76. And, but just, I was like, Pigeons. Pigeons, Philadelphia. I was trying, yeah, but doesn't doesn't click right away. No, but as the NBC ad has said, the more you know. So the thank you. you know. So thank you very much, man. You know, enjoy, enjoy yourself heading into the off season. Who knows? Maybe the maybe the Phillies can fill that void in the heart throughout the summer. <laughs> maybe they're gonna need a little help in the pull, and if they're gonna pull that off. Thank uh, you, Rich. Thank you for having us. Seriously, yep, we, yep. we really appreciate. Thank you, sir. Hey, not a problem, man. And thank you to everyone for listening to Game Over, where we take a look as as many teams and say Game Over. What a lad. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you next week with our regularly programmed content. Have a good one, Philadelphia. Philadelphia.